Hello, welcome to Singular XQ, the podcast where we talk about all things digital transformation. Today, I'm really honored that we have a special guest from Mindtree Consulting. Um, a director of consulting, Ashutosh Dixit, serves as the advisor in technology, architecture, and transformation. He's highly certified, multiply certified in cloud. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the cloud today as his area of expertise, a big, big, important component of digital transformation today. And um, we're going to talk a little bit more about just how things are changing in business. Welcome, Ashutosh. Thanks so much for joining me today. Many thanks, uh, Jennifer. Okay, well, let's get started. We have five cool things to talk about as usual, which is the format around here. And um, we're gonna start off just talking about digital transformation in general, a big topic. But what do you see, you consult uh, across the Fortune 500 and in many different capacities. Uh, as you talk to clients out there, what do you see as the biggest challenges leaders face today in digital transformation? Well, this is this is a very interesting topic to begin with, uh, Jen. Uh, what has happened, cloud itself has got its evolution in last 10 years, right? I remember when we used to talk about cloud, it was something else. It was perhaps a different data center. It was perhaps uh, a talk technology that uh, was optional technology, but it's no longer an optional technology. It's enabler. Why it is enabler? Because unless you adopt that, you don't get any access to AI platform, machine learning platform, and there are certain, certain other things that you can perhaps develop on your own data center, but yeah, it would be very tricky and very costly business. So I exclude that. So it, it's really very difficult to get things done without cloud if you want to really shape up your company and challenge your opponent. Let's back up just a little, little for a second for the people who are listening who might not really know what cloud computing is, or they know they, it's in the cloud, they have a sort of vague sense. Can you define what the cloud quote unquote is for people who are listening who might not have a lot of experience with it? Absolutely, absolutely, uh, Jennifer. So it started with this, it's just a data center, right? You, if, you, if you get to, if you go from one place to another every day, you get two options. One option is you buy your own car, right? That's perhaps that has been a mainstream option since about last 70, 80 years. But then that option requires tedious amount of effort. First, you need to buy that car. It requires a front payment to buy the car or probably you loan the entire amount. And then afterwards you need to fuel it. You need to take care of the car maintenance service. If there is any dent happens to the car, you need to fix that. You need a parking space for the car. But yes, it gives you a control that anytime you need the car, it is available, very good. And with that control comes your responsibility. You have to take it to service station every now and then. You need to get a chauffeur, but then you get an Uber service. Uber service can do all those things and without taking any amount of upfront payment. All you have to do for per ride, you have to pay certain amount of fee that is a fare. And this is exactly how I equate cloud to data center. Nobody ever wanted technology, right? I mean, we were fine without technology uh, before 50 years. We were eating burgers, we were eating pizzas, we were buying cars, we were perhaps uh, uh, roaming in streets. We, we never needed technology back then. But then all of a sudden we realized that if you want to eat burger better, right? McDonald's should offer us some way to order their burgers from our palm devices. 
and they could have done it without any app. You can still make a phone call and get your job done, but just to streamline their process, just to serve you better, just so that their employees can get salaries on time, their supply chain does not get impacted. They thought, okay, let's develop a process. And then they got list of softwares. Those can help you achieve that. And those softwares needed to be hosted somewhere. So you need a data center. Now we we were in under impression that a data center has to be bought by ourselves. In fact, one fine fellow in 1961, John McAdee says that uh, computers should be made available on utility basis, just like telephones and internet and electricity. Whoever wants it, use it and pay for whatever use you are doing. But people made fun of him. They said, it, it, I mean, it was 1961, so why should anybody be serious about that? So they thought anybody who needs softwares can afford data center and let's be it. But then off late, what we have realized that now McDonald's, same McDonald's, whose job was just to maintain good quality of burger, is spending 25% of their workforce maintaining infrastructure that they have bought to host those softwares. They can very well take that force and spend it somewhere else, perhaps in their marketing promotions or improving their quality of burgers, or they can uh, they can reduce the cost of burgers if, if it comes to that. So they said, okay, how about somebody else take care of this heavy lifting? I don't have access space where I can host my data center. If somebody has huge amount of space where they can put up my servers or servers for me rather, storage devices, networking devices, and I would just have access to it. And that's where the cloud adoption became. Amazon was pioneered when they said, okay, I have a lot of server capacity that I can rent out. And now we are in 2022 and see where we are. Almost all the companies are utilizing it. So just to sum it up, a cloud is still a data center, but is being managed and run by somebody else. You don't have to worry about any heavy lifting of that. You don't have to pay rent. You don't have to worry about security guards, any hardware-based challenges, internet connectivities. So still it's a data center, but being run by some other vendor to whom you pay a subscription fee. And, and if I understand correctly, then also it doesn't enable people to be able to store their data so that they can access it from any device anywhere at any time? Yeah, that, that, that's a necessity, right? I mean, if you host anything in cent central repository, you would need a seamless access. So right. internet being that, that Seam central line. Access. Yes, yes. So they want it from anywhere. But then there's a counterpart. There are certain organizations, they do not want it from everywhere. They want it from only certain channels. So cloud gives you certain tools and security configurations so that you can avoid that data should be and can be accessed from anywhere. So it can both open up the number of people and devices that can access it and close it down based on how you control it. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, so you can see how that's very powerful and it enables a lot of different things. So, um, so would you say that digital transformation is in large part uh, powered or fueled by cloud technology? Would that be a stretch? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you can do things, you can do miracles if you have unlimited supply of money, of course. But I haven't met any single client who has that. And right. that brings to your first question, challenges. Of course, anybody can achieve anything with limitless supply of everything. But then most of the problem that I see with clients 
and, and enterprises, their objective. More than often, I, I, I come across table and uh, a gentleman asks, I want to go to cloud. I ask, why you want to go to cloud? I mean, yes, cloud is a solution, but what problem are you trying to solve? So a problem can be maybe you want to reduce cost of data center, or perhaps you want to mobilize your workforce towards your core business, or perhaps you want to try out new technologies, AI, ML, data analytics, but unless you identify the problem clear cut and prioritize number of problems, it becomes very difficult to provide the right solution. And then the next problem that I find is realistic timeline and expectations. So generally, if you look at cloud migration strategy, you got three pieces, your existing environment, your future environment, and data migration tools. If you look at only these three, you would find that it's, it's really simple puzzle, right? You can solve it, but then you forget a lot of things. The amount of data, nature of data, whether or not your data is compatible with future data, whether or not your data can really travel to cloud-based systems, and can it really bring the same value that you are expecting? And do you really have skills to get into the future platform? Ah, that's a really interesting question these days. How, you know, what's there's so much going on out there with upskilling, like people just, there's such a skills gap. What are you seeing in, in your clients? Uh, you know, are they able to meet the demand of these future platforms? Do they have the skills or is there, is the gap widening even further still? I have an interesting answer to that, uh, Jen. There's something called alter ego. It's so called what? what happens really? Can you say that again? something called alter ego. Yes. So, now, what happens there, cloud is a new technology, we understand. It's not so new, but yes, uh, comparatively, if you look at cloud is matured by about a decade and a half at max. Now, what has happened, lot of a lot of training materials are available. A lot of blogs are available. YouTube videos are available. And you can just go through it in 15 minutes and perhaps understand the meaning of one particular word. And the next thing you do is you try out those zargons and say, I know everything. And this is where I, I find problem. So yes, skill gap can be bridged only if it is realized and it is understood well. You gotta, know, you what, you gotta the, know what you don't know, right? Exactly. So skill gap can be bridged. No, but the number one thing is you need to realize there is a skill gap and then that there are paths available. There are ways you can uplift your entire workforce skill as long as they are willing to learn new things. Cloud has merged a lot of roles into one. Earlier, you would find a person who knows database is a database administrator, a person who knows uh, networking models, he is a network admin, a person who knows operating system, he is OS admin. But now with cloud, you kind of merge all these fields into one cloud operations or cloud admin guy. And it is expected generally that he should be aware of these things. Now the, the model that in cloud we have, we have infrastructure as a service, we have platform as a service, we have software as a service. So a database generally falls into platform as a service. And beauty of platform as a service is that you don't have to really worry about repetitive mundane everyday jobs. So a DBA who used to patch the database, who used to install database software, who used to do backup, who used to do common troubleshooting. None of these jobs really exist in cloud. As long as you know how to read a plain English, 
you know where to click how to click these jobs are very simple mm. so understand while these skills are merging but not to the same extent so you said you wanted to talk about the dirty secrets of cloud adoption and i was also asking you some questions about the problems with the velocity that now that businesses were doing business the old way they have to take all of their data and get it into the cloud right so that we call that cloud migration so the velocity of cloud migration can sometimes get very slow what are some of these dirty secrets of cloud adoption that you can share with us all right so i'll start with one analogy once again i would I would bring Uber into it. So think about that. Uber would be a cost-effective solution only if you hire an Uber for a trip, maybe 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, then release it. What if you hire an Uber every day, 6 a.m. in the morning and keep it till 10 p.m.? You know where you are heading, right? Probably in a month, you would they would recover the cost of entire car. Mm -hmm. now, this is where I'm coming at. Cloud is definitely a future technology. And rather, it's not a technology anymore. It's an enabler. It's an enabler that will that would get you to bigger platform where you can harness data, machine learning, artificial intelligence. But you must know how to use cloud. If you bring a VM to VM from on-premise data center to cloud, it is not going to yield any result. I have seen customers complaining after six months that we came to cloud going by what you have promised that we don't have to worry about operations we have to, don't have to worry about patching there would be a definite cost saving in everything but what i'm seeing in six months i'm spending probably five percent or ten percent more cost and all of those things i'm doing any which way and that brings how did you adopt the cloud vm to vm is just a data center the way i define uber you get a uber for entire 24 hours and then you realize that it's not saving the cost you know what wrong you have done already so understand there are ways to deploy your code. You have, of course, compute engine where you can deploy your code and that would run for perhaps 24 hours or as and when you demand. But then we have much more advanced technologies. You get serverless. A code will only execute when there is a demand for it. Think about a, a basic system, a software that converts any PDF document into Word document. We have in India, we have tax filing due in another couple of weeks. So a lot of people would convert or play with those documents. They need to convert it. Now, what would happen during this month? There would be a lot of users who would do the job. But throughout the year, year there would rarely be any user. Or maybe number of users are significantly low during the rest of the year. Now, you are looking at an application that is being used very rarely and on ad hoc basis. So there is serverless technology that would deploy your PDF to document function or a program and would be invoked only when there is a user to it. If there is no user, there is zero user, you don't have to pay anything. And you would be surprised that you can save cost by even 90%. And then you get container services that can scale your business to one to 10 in about two seconds. You scale get your business that you can from harness. one to 10 scale your business from one to 10 in about two seconds. That's quite a big promise. How does it help people scale? I, can you be very explicit about that? How does cloud help businesses scale? So this is all about volume. Most of the cloud vendors have systems ready in the background. So it's like if we need computer at our desk, we need to turn it on. 
and that boot might take 30 seconds or a minute, but they have their servers running hot in the background. So as and when you need, it would go ahead and check if there is any capacity available. And most likely there would be, unless of course we are staying at Christmas period where uh, even cloud vendors run out of capacity. They will give you that capacity and run your code. So that's how the serverless model really works. That's how even containers and Kubernetes model works. So it's all about managed services. And, and the beauty, beauty, beautiful thing about this is you don't have to really worry about any of these things. You just need to instruct cloud vendor, I need capacity as and when it is demanded. You know, one of the things that I'm really interested in about cloud is that in all my years of consulting, the biggest, most recurring problem I see is that the organizations have mountains and mountains of data but that data doesn't flow throughout the organization to the right place at the right time. So for example, if I'm working with a user experience department and we're doing research on the users, the customer service department has a lot of research on users for us in the form of support calls that come in or emails, the complaints that customers make. It's a, a bit skewed because it favors people who have problems but it's certainly our data points that we can leverage in our process. But sometimes even just getting that customer uh, support data to the UX department is impossible because they're all in these data silos. Will cloud help solve that problem? Absolutely. And once again, I would, I would bring the concept of one should know how to use it. Right. So cloud provides data lake concept where you can dump all your data in one place and perhaps create different pipelines and wherever you want, it would be available then and there. And it gives you beautiful data abstraction model. So it's not just every data is being made available to everyone. You right. can provide filters and those who need that data, only that data would be available to that those, those guys. But once again, it, it all boiled, boiled on to how you implement that part of data lake. Right, um, and, and so let me, let me uh, say this, you've said multiple times, you have to know how to use cloud. You have to know, you have to know what you don't know about cloud. So if there's somebody here listening that wants to work as a, an agent of change and digital transformation, and they know cloud is a big part of that, where, where do they start? to learn about these things? What's a good place for them to start to learn quickly what the, exactly what they need to know to be able to move forward? They don't have to become experts, but they do have to, to gain some knowledge. So how would you advise a person like that to start to learn about cloud technology? Maybe I missed that in the past, but uh, understand cloud is still a data center, right? Right. So as long as you know those basic data center terminologies, like what is virtualization, how does a storage model works? How does a Linux system works? What is a database? What kind of data do we have in existing system? Foundation of networking, what is a load balancer? What is a routing table? What is an IPsec VPN tunnel? As long as these fundamental concepts and plus few more of, more of course are clear, that can be a good foundation. Understand cloud doesn't do any magic. It still leverages these points. And, and one, one funny fact about cloud, it doesn't require a lot of learning because if it requires a lot of learning, then it wouldn't be that famous. Remember I said, cloud eases off your operational overhead, but make no mistake, it doesn't put much of your knowledge upliftment effort. 
So you can still get into cloud as long as you are comfortable with on-premise system. If not, few foundational level knowledge about the server technologies, the storage, networking, and database should take you probably from beginner to intermediate very quickly. And, and where could somebody, let's say like you mentioned some terminology there, let's say somebody listening doesn't even know like you know those basic questions where should they start would a google course be a good place to start would um how, how should somebody um, go about learning the basic terminologies they need to master this this is where i wrote a post in my linkedin uh, page uh, there are some pointers uh, but once again once you start with these very basic concepts it would create a branching level of uh, learning. You would know where to go forward. It's like a, it's like a cave. Once you start, you would know where it is leading. So give it a try. When you start learning a root table, then you would also come across. Okay, there is something called VNet, a subnet. And then in order to learn subnet, you need to learn something else. And this is how it this this all all game happens. This is how exactly how I started. In fact, it's been now eight years I'm into cloud, but my days were not really easy. The simple reason there were about 10% of resources available as of, I mean, as they are available now. Uh, maybe a couple of tutorials, but again, there wasn't much of contention as well. Yeah, things have changed. Our access to information is just incredible. And that's kind of how I got started on my journey is just you hear a word and you look it up and you write it down and that leads to three other words you don't know and you look it up and you write it down and you start to gain a vocabulary to be able to talk in these fields. Do you have anything else to say, any recommendations for either people in management who want to leverage cloud in their business and be an agent for change or for somebody who's just starting out in their career and want to really get more into it? Do you have any word of advice for them? Yeah, I can. I can. Perhaps give my two cents. Uh, understand, I'm a technology advocate. I'm cloud evangelist. So I do advocate cloud. It is very flexible way of doing your infrastructure. It saves cost. It can start your application perhaps in a day. It can very well start your startup business in about a week time. It can facilitate your job of backup recovery, disaster recovery, everything in, in no time but understand there are ways to learn it. So once you get into a cloud, once you adopt that, there are two ways to do get the job done. One is best way and second is easy way. And I know best way may not be always feasible because you might have your constraint of time, budget, skill, but more you start going towards easy way, you start creating a technical debt. Maybe solution that you have deployed would work now, but look at your vision. Do you really wanna do changes after every six months or one year or two years. So look at your vision. It's very important to align by that and understand when you really want to do a makeover if you want to do and deploy the best strategy possible. Hire good guys, spend some time. So there is a saying, right? If you think a good architecture cost, try a bad one. <laughs> I always say, uh, when people say, well, that would be the best way to do it, but we don't have time. We have to just keep. And I always say, you know, there's nothing that takes more time than running in the wrong direction. There's always time to stop for a second and make sure, look at a map and make sure you're Absolutely. going in the right direction. <laughs> Absolutely, because otherwise you have to redo that. What is the point? And yeah. then there is a lot of fuzz about data security. And this is some, I, I want to take two minutes and address that. Uh, if organizations think 
that you can leave data security at cloud. Perhaps this is a very naive way to sum it up. Cloud being a platform can offer you certain amount of security, but then at no extra charge or certain extra charges, it offers tool. And those tools, if you leverage, I'm almost certain that it can maintain compliance of any industry. Let it be banking, let it be hospitality or healthcare, it can serve all your need. And it is very much certified for all sort of industries. But yes, you need to know two lines, number one, and it is, it is not framed by me, it is somewhere you will find in Amazon documentation as well. Security of the cloud is responsibility of cloud vendor. Security in the cloud is responsibility of particular enterprise and organization. As long as you are clear on that, there should not be any issue on security. Well, those are all really good things and valuable things for people to know today when they're contemplating cloud transformation. Uh, I am really, really glad to have had you on today, Ashutosh. I hope you'll come on again. Um, this is Jennifer Pierce for Singular XQ signing out. Mm -hmm.